Welcome to Security Chipmunks podcast, where we talk about the development of cybersecurity skills. To stay up to date in today's world, you need to be resilient. That's why, as advanced persistent chipmunks, we keep chipping away at it. My name is Mick Sadna Johnson, and my co-host is Neil Smalley. Today, we are joined by special guest, Jeline Van Ostrand. Hello, Jeline. Hi, Edna. How are you? I'm good. Happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. To get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what do you do? Okay, I'm Jeline, obviously. Um, I am a mom of five. I've been a stay-at-home mom the past 18 years. I just finished my last assignment at WGU, so I should be graduating soon. That's amazing. That's quite an accomplishment. So how... How quickly did you go through the degree program at WGU? I started July 1st and took December off to spend time with my kids for the holidays um, and then just finished up this week. So about nine months of study. That's really fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So what was the most fun part about your school or any hobbies that you have? I think the most fun part about school has been joining the Cybersecurity Club, and I plug this all the time on LinkedIn because it's such a great resource. There's an amazing group of people there. We've done a lot of different challenges and CTFs and just different group learning activities that have really augmented my studies and helped me build my skills, and it's been a great way to make friends and have some social time, too. That's awesome. I I love to hear that you're plugging the Cybersecurity Club. Because, as you know, I'm the vice president of Yes. But that's where we know each other from. So it's been great having you joining us for competitions and activities. Uh, I I just have to say, you've been such a great help with other students, helping them to to learn new skills and encouraging them to learn and study and, and build upon what they know. Thanks. Yeah. All right. So um, how did you juggle studying and everything else? I am lucky that um, my kids are a little bit older. My oldest will be 18 next month. Um, My youngest is four, so she still needs me a lot. But the older teenagers are really good about helping out. Um, My husband's been really supportive in helping with household stuff so that I can focus on school. So I've been able to focus on it like a full-time job and spend about 40 to 50 weeks or 40 to 50 hours each week on schoolwork. So that helps a lot. Oh, wow. So you've had a really supportive family and, and being able to spend that much time on school. Wow. That's, that's a lot. Even just, I'm, I'm just blown away by that number because that's a lot of brain power to get <laughs> like okay, my brain so, would be fried at the end of the day. <laughs> so as a stay-at-home mom for 18 years, my brain has had a lot of rest and so it was really kind of fired up and ready to just do something that was a little mm-hmm. bit more challenging and engaging. So I really enjoyed it. Good. Well, that's good. Partially explains how you went through so quickly. Uh, because I think the typical amount that they say you're supposed to study for WGU is like minimum of 20 hours a week or something like that. Yeah. So if you have more time to devote to it. It's definitely helped in my ability to accelerate. And I see a lot of people um, commenting on my pace and wondering how they can do it that fast. And it really isn't that I'm doing it that fast. I'm just doing it in smaller, I guess, bigger chunks, maybe. 
So instead of spreading it out over a longer length of time, because I have fewer hours per week to work on it, I kind of crunched it all into a shorter span of time, but I'm still putting in just as many hours as anyone else would be. Um, and it's definitely been challenging and very engaging. Um, but yeah, it's not, I don't have like some miracle recipe of like, boom, now your brain knows everything. That's not how it works. <laughs> right. 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 If only. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I had that magic osmosis learning. But yeah, I guess nobody does have that. I, I feel like that kind of uh, covers uh, one of the questions we have, which is what is one common myth about your school experience that you might want to debunk? And I think that actually kind of covers that a lot. I do. The other thing I've encountered with that that I get fairly often on LinkedIn because I've made a lot of connections there is people will they'll say something about like how to build skills or just the idea that because I'm doing it quickly, I can't be learning very much or absorbing very much that I'm just kind of, you know, cramming and passing and then forgetting it all. And that's not true at all because I really am putting in the hours. It seems fast externally because maybe other students are only doing, you know, six or seven hours a week or 10 hours or whatever it is they have outside of work and family obligations to put into it. And so they just see that I'm doing it really fast and they can't understand how I could possibly be retaining any of it. But I really am putting in, you know, a lot of hours into doing it. It's not just a quick memorize this chart, take a test, and then move on and forget about it. That's not how it works at all. Yeah. And regarding that, I would take what people say on LinkedIn sometimes with a grain of salt. Oh, yeah. No, I don't take it seriously at all. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, everybody has advice and opinions on there. And (laughs) if you start to, like, look at all of the opinions people have, they start to, you know, have contradicting opinions and I am fantastically skilled at ignoring what I don't want to see or hear. So I'm not worried about that. (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of LinkedIn, do you mind talking about that for a little bit? So I've seen you've been really great with uh, making connections on LinkedIn. Uh, I have taken, I know you don't like give advice on how to do LinkedIn, but I have taken what I see you do (laughs) and apply that formula to my own strategies and it works phenomenally so do you want to mind talking about what you're doing on LinkedIn yeah absolutely it's not like a secret thing or anything I followed Neil Bridges advice to form connections and I tried to make sure that they were meaningful connections that they were with people in the field that have jobs that I'm interested in or who I think have knowledge that they could share that might be interesting or who I thought might benefit from anything I might have to share and it kind of sounds prideful but Um, One of my passions is definitely the more human side of things and security awareness. And um, like I said, I have five kids. We've homeschooled through various points in their educations. And I'm very passionate about helping people learn and grow and um, better themselves. And so I like sharing that and encouraging people. I like seeing others' successes and seeing them overcome their challenges. And um, so that's kind of one of the things for me with LinkedIn is I feel really passionate about it. I like having a space to share that passion and to kind of encourage everyone else and share in their successes. All right. Very good. So that the kind of posts that you uh, post, I've seen they bring out a lot of engagement. So you've got some of that experience with education and that kind of comes out in your posts. Um, 
and you also seem to really care about your fellow human beings. So, uh, yeah, that that's been a key ingredient in, uh, and also celebrating things. I noticed that Absolutely. you celebrate a lot of achievements, and uh, that's been fun seeing seeing your progress as you go through the program and, and earn certificates and complete classes. Um, that's been wonderful to see. So my thought behind that is I didn't have the best childhood and I never really felt celebrated or appreciated for a long time. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to celebrate myself because I deserve to be celebrated. Everyone does. And so I think mm -hmm. when you're putting in all of that effort and all of that work and really, you know, trying to accomplish something, you should be celebrated. You should be shouting it from the rooftops because what you've done is amazing. And I, I feel that way about everybody. Um, and so I try to model that through my own approach to celebrating accomplishments and achievements, because I think it's okay to do that. You know, it's a good thing to recognize your strengths and what you've been able to do and what you've been able to overcome um, and to just kind of take a moment and to really cherish that. Mm -hmm. And I do love to see everyone else's accomplishments too. I think it's fun and it's exciting and it's, you know, I'm always just genu genuinely happy for everyone. So if I figure if I share more, maybe everyone else will too. Yeah, absolutely. Like you've gotten me to share more things uh, for sure. Yeah. And I cheer been... every time you post something. I'm like, yeah, like, it's great. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. <clears throat> and I'm so glad I have, like, I'm creating my own cheerleading squad. <laughs> yes, we um, all need one. Yes. Gets us I'm... through those hard moments. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to when I accomplish things and I can share them with, with you and my network and everyone now. So, yeah, that's been great. Go, with going to school and all that, uh, I know we all end up wanting to get jobs. Uh, what, what is your dream job, and or what job are you currently pursuing, or what's going on in uh, the employment realm for you? I applied for the Cybersecurity Talent Initiative back um, last fall, November, and um, it was kind of on a whim because I was still early enough in my schooling that I really didn't know how fast I would be able to finish or if I would actually be graduating in time for their qualifications, but I thought maybe I might be able to. So I went ahead and applied and um, went through several interviewing phases and they actually selected me. So I have a job lined up beginning this summer or fall. I'm just waiting on security clearance um, wow. with a government agency. And it's going to be this really amazing opportunity because I'll have two years of being mentored and learning various roles within cybersecurity and figuring out kind of where my niche is. And then they have a corporate partnership after the government part. And if you elect to work with one of their corporate partners, that entity will pay up to 75000 in student loans. So it's an amazing opportunity. Whoa. And I encourage anyone to apply um, if they think it might be a good fit for them. Did you say $75,000 in student loans? Yeah, it's pretty significant. Oh, yes, that is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. well, that sounds amazing. Nice. I'm, I'm ha very happy for you. That's a great opportunity. Thank you. I'm really excited. Their first cohort, they only selected 10 people. So I was um, like, I didn't really think I stood a chance. So I was really amazed when 
I made it, but you can learn more about that at cybertalentinitiative.org. Um, okay. Yeah. Was that one of the reasons why you needed to, or why you were trying to graduate so quickly? It is. I initially, so when I first signed up for school, um, I came into this with no prior experience. I -hmm. had some college uh, experience before, but it wasn't at all IT related. It was languages. Um, I spoke Arabic when I was in the army and I was going to college for Spanish and French to become a high school Spanish or French teacher kind of thing. So none of it was really applicable to this degree. Um, And I really thought it was going to take me about two years to finish. And then I got through the first term, I got a lot more done than I thought I was going to. And then Mm -hmm. I thought, well, maybe I can do this in like 18 months. And then I had applied for the cybersecurity talent initiative. And they were like, well, you have to be a senior graduating, you know, this May or June um, for this program. And I thought, well, I mean, if I push hard, I can probably do that. You know, it's just no harm in trying. Um, so that was really my biggest motivating factors actually, when I actually got through their selection process and they were like, you know, we really want to hire you. And I was like, well, I guess I'm graduating now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So certifications are often talked about. Um, some people say they don't really matter. Some people love them, hate them. Anywho, I know for our coursework, we have to go through lots of different certifications. What was your favorite certification or what one has brought you the most benefit? That's a good question. I had the most fun studying for the Pen Test Plus, and it was also the most challenging because I came across so much that I hadn't learned yet and so many tools that I hadn't encountered before. Um, But it's so fun. Like, it's so fun. So... That was really my favorite to study for. Um, as far as benefit goes, I don't know yet because I haven't started working. Um, but I think they all have value. And I understand the debate between certifications and whether you know they're all that or not. I think they can be kind of a gatekeeping tool, but I think they're also a good way to kind of indicate what you have learned and what knowledge you possess. Um, and not everyone tests well. And so I don't, I wouldn't say that, you know, they should be mandatory. Um, but I think they're helpful. All very good points. That, that does sound like a lot of fun. I'm trying to decide personally between going for the CISA or the Pen Test Plus here next year. So start okay. with the CISA because that covers a lot of the information that comes up on Pen Test Plus. I feel like the Pen Test kind of builds on that and really takes it to a much higher technical level um, and obviously is more pen test focused, but I, gotcha. I did it in the opposite order. <laughs> so the CISA <laughs> was easier than I was expecting because I'd already encountered so much of it on the pen test. And I think if I'd done the CISA first, I would have been a little bit more prepared for the pen test and not been like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Good I was going to gonna tell you the same thing. Do the CISA first. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you're doing both, do do as I said first. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jolene, who has been your biggest supporter or a mentor or a role model over the course of your degree? I have really looked up to Naomi Buckwalter. I think she is doing a lot to 
encourage people to break into cybersecurity and to encourage employers to hire non-traditional applicants because they do have something to bring to the table. It's not about the traditional like help desk to, you know, making your way up from the bottom ranks of IT and going through all those different iterations before you're finally worthy of cybersecurity because there really it needs to be a broader focus for cybersecurity than that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've just, I've really appreciated the way she speaks out to advance the field and to get everyone, not just cybersecurity professionals engaged in being more aware of security issues and taking charge of ways they can protect themselves and just kind of broadening that scope so that we have more perspectives and we have more skill sets and different ways of seeing problems and issues and approaching how to solve them in the field. And it's not just, you know, a technical advancement through the ranks, but more of a holistic approach, I guess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm pretty excited. I believe she's coming to speak at the club next month. She is. They Ooh. put out the form asking for recommendations. And I was like, oh, you should totally. I mean, as long <laughs> as I've been in the cybersecurity club, we have not had a woman speak. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of one of my things is that I would love to see a female in cybersecurity come in and represent. Mm-hmm. And so I threw her name in the suggestion bin and then Benny sent me a message and I was like, hey, can you contact her and get her to come be on in the to come speak with to the club? And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, me? <laughs> I have to go reach out to her? And I was like all Twitter pated and uh-huh. a little starstruck and but I did it. So very nice. Yeah. Well that's excellent. Oh I'm looking forward to it. It's um, gonna be fantastic. Yes. I have tried to get women speakers before. So I'm, I'm glad you were able to do that. That's awesome. <laughs> you were trying to say something, Neil? I'm sorry. It's all good. I was just going to say, yeah, the, the initial uh, contact is always the most nerve wracking. Oh, mm-hmm. well, so I didn't have, I mean, we were connected on LinkedIn because she accepted my connection request, but I hadn't like spoken to her. I've seen her speak right. several times at other mm-hmm. conferences and meetings and whatnot. And she's a fantastic presenter. So that was my other motivating thing is, I mean, she really is a great speaker. So I kind of was like a little bit like fangirling hard. And I was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Oh, that's going to be nice. I'm looking forward to that. She's really neat. I, mm-hmm. I adore her. She's going to be great. All right. So you had talked about the Cyber Talent Initiative, but Outside of that, like, what would be your dream job in cybersecurity? So if you did not have this job lined up and you were going out to look for a new job right now, what would be your dream job? It could if be anything. I could just pull any job out of my hat and say, this is what I want to do. Um, I would love to travel and speak to people about Uh, security awareness, and not necessarily from the technical standpoint, but just from helping people understand the importance of cybersecurity and that it's not just firewalls and technical controls, but there's this whole human element to it. And I know that that's the hardest part to control for, um, Mm -hmm. but I kind of love that challenge. And I love 
engaging with others and helping them. I feel very passionate about it. And so I want to share that passion and help other people understand how it's relatable to them and why it's important. Because I think if it were to be taken out of the technical sphere and approached in a way that is understandable for everyone, I think we would have a lot more success in reducing incidences from the human element. So like people understand, you know, you don't go downtown and leave your car unlocked, right? You know, you lock your car, you don't go grocery shopping and just leave everything open for anyone to come in and rifle through. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the internet, we have this idea that we're anonymous and nothing will ever happen to us. And I think there's, there needs to be a way to help them understand that it's just like, you know, parking your car somewhere you can't just, you shouldn't just leave yourself open to having your identity stolen or having your credentials stolen. Um, And that there are things you can do that are not complicated. They're not hard to understand. Um, I think they just don't understand why it's important or how important it is. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I could see you doing really well in a role like that. It would be fun. I also really like social engineering. <laughs> this is my devious <laughs> side. I like to yeah. kind of push buttons and see what I can get away with. And I look very innocuous and innocent and motherly. And so I just kind of like the idea of trying to see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> and then coming in and saying, you know, you're lucky that I, I look so innocent and I actually am. Because, yeah. I mean, I do recognize, you know, if I looked a different way, I would be treated a lot more suspiciously going through security checkpoints or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I'm an older white female, you know, nobody looks at me and suspects that I have any kind of ill intent or nefarious motives behind, you know, my sneaking in or coming in without a badge or whatever it is I might do. So I kind of like to push that button and then say, look, you know, you've got to check that bias out. You can't prejudge people. You need to do your job Mm -hmm. equally with everyone. You can't just be like, oh, well, you know, she's not going to do anything. Look at her. Yeah. So do you think this means we will see you at uh, some social engineering competitions in the future? Maybe. You never know. Or maybe you won't see me because I'll be disguised <laughs> right, and right. have no idea. <laughs> we won't work it either. You'll hear about it later. And then he'll be like, no, that wasn't you. And I'll be like, mm, okay. <laughs> I have heard some stories of some pretty good disguises. That's like half the fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a like dressing like, uh, it's called gray man method where you dress very plain and so mm-hmm. nobody will actually remember you because yep. nothing stood out. Yep. And then there's always the super ostentatious, like, if you go in looking all fancy and wealthy and ditzy and, like, you have no brains in your head, then that mm-hmm. also would work well, especially yeah. with certain people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think there, so going back into the gender thing, I think there are a lot of advantages to being a female in this field. And I think sometimes that people, like there is that bias there, of course, against female, and sometimes it's a little bit more challenging. But there are also advantages because a lot of people underestimate us 
And so I think we can maybe get away with a little bit more because they're not suspecting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good points. So out of everything we've talked about so far, what would be your number one takeaway that you'd want to leave our listeners with? As far as school goes, I think my biggest bit of advice would be to utilize all of the resources that are out there. You don't have to do this in a vacuum. You're not alone. Everyone else who's done this before you and everyone who's doing it alongside you can be a fantastic resource for support and help and different approaches to learning. Definitely join your social clubs because it's not just about the social aspect. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to make some great connections. You're going to make friends. You're going to find out about different learning opportunities that you maybe not would not have encountered otherwise. So take advantage of all of that, all of the subscriptions that your schools have access to. I praise LinkedIn Learning a lot because I really have enjoyed their videos the most, I think, of all of the videos we've done for learning resources. They're very well done. So, you know, LinkedIn Learning is a great resource. Cybersecurity Club at WGU, if you're a student there, absolutely join. Yeah, I think that's my biggest thing. All right. Thank you so much. Where can our listeners connect with you online? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Jaleen-Vanostrand. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you here today. All right. Thank you for inviting me to join you. I had fun. So thanks for listening to the Security Chipmunks. And remember, if it seems overwhelming, just keep chipping away at it.